What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Sports Media Watch podcast. This is John Lewis, joined as always by Drew Lerner. Let's jump right into it. Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes have defied expectations on the field and in the ratings all year long. And the biggest surprise was Saturday when a game against little-regarded Colorado State turned into the most watched game of the entire season. Three weeks old, but nonetheless, a season that has included Texas, Alabama and FSU, LSU. Uh, the most watched game of the season, despite a 10 o'clock start, a 2.30 a.m. finish. And again, I want to reiterate, it's Colorado, Colorado State. So uh, weird happenings going on in college football, to be sure. Uh, nobody would have expected this when Dion came around, that they would have this kind of success just in the TV ratings. I don't think anybody thought that that was possible. Uh, 11.5, I think, million viewers was the peak. Uh, no, actually, 11.1 million viewers from 11 to 11:15 p.m. That is a, you know, that is a massive peak audience. So let's talk a little bit about the perspective for this uh, really eye-opening figure. This is a 10 o'clock start. Uh, there's not a lot of sporting events that start after 10 o'clock and get this kind of audience. In the NBA playoffs back in May, the Lakers and Warriors played five out of their six games at 10 o'clock or later. That series did extraordinarily well. It was the most watched NBA playoff series since 1996. And none of those games had as many viewers as Colorado, Colorado State did this past Saturday night. So an incredible, uh, incredible feat. Uh, if ratings can be viewed as incredible feats, this would certainly be uh, a very incredible feat. Drew, I'll go ahead and bring you in. Yeah, John, I, I want to get your perspective. If you've seen anything like this before, where there's been this kind of momentum built up in such little time, just a few weeks, right? And I don't think any reasonable person would have come into this game thinking it would outrate the two prior big noon windows, one against TCU, the reigning national runner-up, and then Nebraska, who's, you know, a traditional power, and that's a traditional rivalry. What, what What's your take here? Like, uh, it, has there been anything like this in 
television viewership history? Well, I mean, just talking about sports, I would go back to Caitlin Clark just this year. The main thing that's happening right now is that Dion has made Colorado draw in ways that nobody could reasonably predict. I didn't think there was going to be this level of tune-in for a coach. That defied my expectations, and then I thought, okay, wow, what a great tune-in for that first game. Great sampling. They're playing Nebraska this week. That'll be a blowout. The viewership will go down, obviously. And then the viewership went up. More people tuned in. And then you say, okay, wow, that's amazing. But this week, it's Colorado State. It's 10 o'clock. Nobody's going to watch this compared to those other two. And I will say this. Had that game gotten 5 million viewers, it would have been an unqualified, unmitigated success. In that window with that opponent. Instead, it gets 9.3 million. So I, I say Caitlin Clark because every step of the way in that tournament, you're seeing the numbers and they're amazing numbers, but you're like, okay, well, let's be realistic. The national championship has had, what, maybe 5 million viewers before? I think 7 million, maybe. And then it gets to 9.9 million. And it's just beyond what a reasonable prediction would have been. Uh, so that's that's where I go to. I also think about Linsanity, which it did not draw to this level, Linsanity. But there were some pretty, you know, big numbers for the NBA in that in that stretch with the Knicks. But that was also the NBA was really, really flying back then, too. Uh, that was the, the lockout season. LeBron and the Heat had lost in the finals the previous year. I mean, the NBA was really, really peaking at that point. So hard to kind of see where the Linsanity kind of breaks through. but. Uh, that's kind of what comes to mind. It's hard to think of anything else. I mean, obviously, McGuire and Sosa, and you're getting bigger numbers for that. I think the, I think the game where McGuire uh, hit the 61st, or I guess 62nd, uh, and it was on Fox on a Thursday night, I'm pretty sure that outdrew any game of that World Series. It's the lowest rated World Series ever to that point, back in 98. Uh, so something like that, something like Jordan's first game back, from his retirement in 1995, which was a noon game during the NCAA tournament, and to this day is the most watched NBA regular season game of all time. Those are the things that come to mind, and that's pretty good company to be in if you're Dion and the Bucks. I wonder, can this type of momentum be replicated in the future? Because I don't think this is, now that we've seen how this has gone, I don't think this is going to be the last time a, an athletic director or an athletic department at a major power five school tries to develop some sort of cult of personality because you know that after coach prime at colorado their their recruiting is going to improve their scheduling is going to improve higher level games higher level talent you know i i don't foresee a future where the product on the field at least gets demonstrably worse than it is currently right this is probably the lowest at least talent wise that they'll be all this to say will this be replicated somewhere else and do you do you think that you know there would be an equal viewership draw or even you know a comparable viewership draw should say i don't know a, a like a ray lewis or an ed reed type get hired at a at a power five school well no not everybody is Dion. i mean i will say i didn't realize that Dion still had this kind of magnetism it's been many years since he last played 
um, you know, and it's been many years since he last played relevant football because he did come back. He was on CBS for a bit and then came back with the Ravens. Um, you know, it's uh, it's surprising that he can draw this way. I don't think Ray Lewis could do that. I don't think, you know, Ed Reed. I mean, you know, it, it's going to take somebody like Dion to do that. There's just not a lot of people like him. I was trying to think, you know, would LeBron James be that kind of guy if LeBron decided to coach, you know, some random school? And I, I don't know. I mean, there's something, you know, one of the things about Dion is he's a very 1990s figure. People love the 1990s figures because they're very uncomplicated. In the area of the 1990s, you didn't have social media. You didn't have all of these ways to see people beyond their persona, right? Uh, you were just the persona. You were the advertising person or the, the endorser. That was pretty much all you were. Um, and we didn't get to know you on a human level, which I think people understand is healthier, but also I don't think they like it very much. Uh, there's a reason why all those 1990s stars are larger than life in a way that, you know, uh, today's stars are very human. And so it would have to be someone from that era. It would have to be like Michael Jordan deciding to do that. But you know, even Michael, after his run with the Wizards, nobody would be expecting greatness from a Michael Jordan managed team anytime soon. But, you know, it's, uh, well, I said the Wizards, I meant the Hornets, but I guess it's both the Wizards and the Hornets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Deion Sanders is a unique figure in all of this. I mean, I don't think there's many people that could uh, kind of, you know, replicate his personalities about as type A as it gets. I do want to look ahead these next couple weeks for Colorado. Uh, two pretty marquee matchups. Next week, they have Oregon. That game is at 3.30 uh, Eastern time. And the following week, they have USC, which will be at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. local time. But let's, let's go down both roads here, one where they win and one where they lose. Do you think eventually when they lose, you know, the momentum will taper off, uh, the, the shine will kind of lose its luster? Uh, and and we'll kind of see a mellowing out from these ratings. And conversely, if they continue to win and they they actually knock off one of these marquee programs like Oregon or USC, um, is this just going to blow up to an entirely new level? Uh, if they continue winning, the ratings will be very strong. Um, if they lose, I think they can lose a game and it's not going to make a big dent. They can lose two games and maybe it'll start to slow the momentum a little bit. But if they lose three, then you might see them fall back to the pack in terms of people aren't going to be tuning in, you know, in, in those same numbers. This week would be the most watched yet. I mean, it would have to be. It's the first game they've played that's in a good time slot. They played two games at noon, which means it's the morning in their own market. They played a game at 10 a.m. that ended in the morning in the East. So this is a game that starts 3.30 nationally, 1.30 in Colorado. And uh, 12.30 in the Pacific time zone, and it will end at a reasonable time, assuming no weirdness. So I'm thinking maybe 10, 11, 12 million. I mean, you know, sky's the limit if a 10 o'clock game against Colorado State can get 9.3 million viewers. Of course, it depends if it's not a blowout. Yeah, yeah. That that was the one thing that that Colorado State game did have going for it, is that they were down for much of it. It was close throughout, went to overtime. But I think actually, you know, the most impressive superlative to come out of that game, and uh, I believe John Oran mentioned this on Twitter. This is where I'm getting this information from. At 2.15 a.m. Eastern time, the game registered 
8.2 million viewers. That is far bigger than any audience that you could probably ever imagine at that time on the East Coast. Uh, that's that's even late on the West Coast. I mean, is there any more that can be said about this? Like, <laughs> it, people are tuning in, people are staying tuned in. Um, sure, it was an exciting game, but I mean, 8.2 million at two in the morning, that's insane. You're absolutely right. I mean, you think about the Women's World Cup and, you know, all those early morning windows and, you know, you're kind of going, wow, hey, two point this million viewers for a 5 a.m. start. And I mean, you could have put the women's national team on at 2 a.m. against anybody, including in the final. And I don't think it would have averaged, you know, eight million viewers. Not granted, you know, maybe if it had started at 11 and then it was peaking or, you know, not peaking, obviously, but ending at, at 2 a.m., then maybe. But uh you know, I, I just think it's it's really amazing. Think about the U.S. Uh, men's basketball team in 2008. They played uh, their final game of the Olympics in the middle of the night, and it was like 6.8 million viewers. I mean, it's just an incredible number to get that kind of audience at 2 a.m. And I mean, I wasn't watching. I fell asleep. You know what I mean? Uh, I think a lot of people did. And can I bring that into discussion here, how this has taken the networks by surprise? Mm, yeah. Why on earth wasn't this a Saturday night football game on ABC? Why weren't Fowler and Herb Street calling it? They were in Colorado. I mean, good for Mark Jones, right? But why in the world weren't Fowler and Herb Street calling this game? I know why they're not calling the next one, because they're going to game day at, at Notre Dame and it's not feasible. But why are they going to game day at Oregon? Because we all know Ohio State Notre Dame is a regular college football matchup. Even though it's the top 10 matchup of Ohio State and Notre Dame, that's normal. We get one of these every year. Notre Dame versus some other big-time school. It's nice, but this is not a typical college football story. Fox was willing to do something very unusual and pulled big noon kickoff from Illinois, where, you know, obviously that was a nothing game that nobody cared about. They pulled They pulled big noon from Illinois and went to Colorado, and it was kind of not a nice thing to do because they told people at Illinois that they were going to be there. Uh, the school was ready for it. And even Illinois deserves a little bit of consideration, even Illinois, right? If we're being real, but it's understandable. And I don't know why ESPN is acting like this is a normal thing. And it's like, oh, well, we'll just, we'll go to the big game, Ohio State, Notre Dame. No, the big game is whatever game Colorado was in. That's where you go. This is so uh, emblematic of just the difference between these two networks right uh espn usually very uh steadfast in their ways unwilling to you know take risks and change and then fox on the other hand more than willing to embrace the moment um really ride the hype sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but i mean certainly you can't argue that it has worked out for them this time and i mean they did Colorado for three straight weeks. They were pulling the Illinois game to go to Boulder, and they didn't even have the game. And they had been there at a Colorado for or at a Colorado football game for three weeks in a row at that point. So I mean, it's just incredible. I think the fact that um, you know we're pulling from examples and you know the two thousands Olympic basketball team, 
the you know 99 home run chase like the fact that we're even bringing all this stuff up for me puts in perspective how unique this is um as a viewership and just like a general um you know cultural moment right um this is not something that uh happens very often and uh i i think it is probably short-sighted of espn not to embrace uh that type of momentum for the espn a team not to be not to have done a colorado game at this point it, it does show a lack of foresight from espn it is ridiculous that Fowler and Herb Street are not calling the, the top games. They're out there calling the SEC, uh, LSU, Arkansas. I mean, that maybe that'll be the greatest game ever played. Whatever. Nah, that's <laughs> uh, I mean, that's going to get smoked by Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Penn State, Iowa. And I know ultimately you want, I guess we should, we, I guess we should praise ESPN for deciding to take game day to a location that's not even on its network. It's a competing networks game when they have what will probably be the most watched game of the week. We should give ESPN credit for that, but it's kind of crazy. You have the game of the week. It's going to be the game with the most viewers. This is not going to be like it was where, you know, Colorado, Nebraska nearly beat Texas, Alabama, right? This is going to be, to me, based on everything we've seen, double digit million viewers that game and maybe double digit million for ohio state notre dame too but the energy right now is behind colorado it's not behind anybody else in this sport all right john shifting from college to the nfl here big news in sports media world is that abc will be back airing monday night football uh on a full-time basis uh for the first time since 2005 uh obviously this is due to the writer's strike in hollywood um the broadcast channels are without their normal scripted programming, uh, so it made for a pretty easy fit to to slot in Monday Night Football on ABC. Um, obviously, the context around this is that Disney has proposed perhaps selling ABC to uh, to NextStar, and this is also in the context of the carriage disputes where uh these distribute these cable distributors pay lots of money for for espn and now disney's putting one of their flagship products on free over the air television so there's a lot going on here um i wanted to get your takeaways for abc monday night football for the first time in quite some time yeah i think it's a very interesting move i wonder who was the uh driving force behind it because i don't think espn wanted to do this either we all know ESPN wants the big games for ESPN. So it wouldn't have been the NFL. Maybe the NFL suggested it. I don't know. I have to think this is something that, you know, maybe was done more by the other side of Disney, the other aspects. But it's odd because, you know, ABC, I mean, what is Disney's investment in ABC right now? They're trying to sell it. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe they want the numbers to look better. I, I don't know. Um, I think it's uh, it's odd. Uh, the ratings will obviously benefit, but ESPN won't benefit because they're going to get a, a small percentage of that audience. The ABC portion of that Bills Jets game back on uh, September 11th was 11.7 million, about half the audience watching ABC. ESPN at 9.4 million, and ESPN to 1.5, so about 11 million for them too. At best, ESPN is going to get 
50% of the audience it would have otherwise gotten, which will impact Scott Van Pelt's post-game show. It will impact first take the next morning. Uh, and that will impact, you know, Pat McAfee and PTI. It's not a good move for ESPN. It's a good move for the viewers. It's a good move for the NFL. It's not a good move for ESPN and obviously not for the cable distributors either. Yeah, that, that's that's what makes this really interesting um, because I don't think it's something ESPN would have done willingly, right? Um, there had to have been some sort of pressure from them, like you said, from the other side of Disney perhaps to uh, to fill in a, a big hole in, in ABC's programming gap uh, with, with the ongoing strikes. So, so another interesting aspect of this is that ABC could perhaps be sold. Um, it's been rumored that uh, Byron Allen and Nexstar are interested in acquiring the channel. Um, this, of course, would have you know implications on some of the rights deals that Disney and ESPN currently hold. Um, you know, primarily you think of the 2026 Super Bowl, uh, the NBA Finals. These are both major properties, tentpole events for Disney that air on ABC. Uh, so under any sort of sale, it's unclear whether these uh, properties would return to ESPN or stay with ABC. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you think would happen there. I mean, the deals are done with Disney, correct? Yeah, I mean, they're done with Disney, but all of these deals do, I mean, I'll put it this way. The deals are done with ESPN, but, you know, they include a requirement that the NBA Finals, for example, airs on ABC. So ESPN is not going to be able to just say, hey, we have the rights to this. ABC doesn't. The NBA is going to say, your deal has the NBA Finals on over-the-air television. The NBA Finals is going to air on over-the-air television. To me, I think what will happen, ESPN on ABC will continue no matter who, who owns ABC, at least through the conclusion of the existing deals. ESPN will produce the telecasts and will have ESPN branding and ESPN announcers, a bit like you see with the NCAA tournament with CBS and Turner, or even if you go back way back, uh, NASCAR, when it was on NBC and TNT, had the same graphics and announcers. Uh, I think that'll be the way that it is. It will be something that is not discernible by the viewer. Uh, and I think the only thing that might change is that the new owner of ABC might insist on a more explicit ABC branding. So maybe the ABC logo is in a score bug instead of the ESPN logo. Kind of like what we saw with Nexstar and the CW with their college football game, ESPN graphics, but a CW logo. I think that's what you will see if Nexstar or Byron Allen or anybody else picks up ABC, because it just doesn't make sense. If you're the new owner of ABC, you want those ESPN sporting events. Those are crucial, right? And as you try to build up your own independent sports organization, and I do think that they will do that, right? I think you'll have ESPN and ABC, but you'll also have whatever rights that the new company is able to uh, assemble. Um, and they might even resurrect the ABC sports branding in, in doing so. Uh, but until you're able to get fully on your feet with your own sports rights, you're going to want those ESPN rights. And these are blue chip rights, Seneca finals, Super Bowls, and at least temporarily the NBA finals. Uh, so I think that is how it's going to work out. 
Um, and uh, I think also, I don't think whatever company picks up ABC has the ability financially to assemble the kind of sports production that ESPN does. So unless you want to tune into ABC and see something ridiculously cheap passing itself off as live sports, which frankly, we already see too much of that from ESPN as it is, um, you know, I think it works out better for everybody. ESPN, so they don't have to tear up their TV deals and the new owners of ABC, whoever they may end up being, so that they still have uh, valuable sports rights. All right, John, one little quick hitter to close out the show here. Um, Max, formerly known as HBO Max, uh, will now be adding a sports tier to their streaming platform, a Bleacher Report branded sports tier. Uh, it will be free up until next February, at which point they will be charging an additional $10 a month on top of the current max monthly price. Uh, this is going to include some some big time properties. This is going to be NBA, MLB, NHL. Um, really could be a good value for sports fans if you are fans of those leagues. Uh, also will include the shoulder programming. So inside the NBA um, would be the marquee show there so what do you think here is this kind of the future of uh sports on streaming kind of having these big parent companies bundle to, uh, together all of their sports properties offer them in one place uh could we expect maybe paramount plus or peacock to do something similar in the future well they already do right they stream the over the year games on cbs and, and nbc and in fact in the Wall Street Journal, one of the executives at Warner Brothers Discovery was chiding NBC and CBS for making those available for free or for no additional fee. Uh, but, you know, obviously. That's yeah, I guess that, that was more my point. It will eventually be a sports tier um, for an additional charge. I think the reason why Paramount Plus and Peacock do it the way that they do is because technically anything on NBC or CBS is free. That's the reason why the Monday Night Football games on ABC stream on ESPN+. Plus. You can get them with an antenna. Now, are most people getting an antenna? It depends. I got a nice fancy antenna for you know, hundreds of dollars that you know, a, a derecho couldn't even take down, right? But most people are getting a little tiny flat sticker to put on their wall that kicks in and out, and most people really aren't even getting that. So you could treat games on... NBC and CBS, games that are over the air, you could treat them like they are basically airing on cable. But, you know, as of right now, the approach to those games, the ones that are available over the air, is different from the ones that are on cable. Will you see Peacock and Paramount Plus, you know, go to the tiered version? Probably, but I don't see any immediate reason why other than, you know, money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, let's focus on Max a little bit as well, um, since this is the, the news of the day. A very strong portfolio to launch, um, even in a premium additional tier for, for a $10 a month price. I mean, to me, that seems pretty low for, for what, um, what properties you will be getting. Uh, would you tend to agree? Yeah, I think $10 a month is not going to be the price forever. Enjoy it while it lasts. It's like when YouTube TV was $30 a month, right? Uh, I think it's a, uh, it's a, the, the worst part is, isn't the $10 add-on, it's the $10 base service. 
you know, I don't need Max. I mean, you know, what's on it? What, oh, what, what, what about all of the, uh, you know, Discovery Channel and TLC reality shows, John? No way. Uh, Dr. Pimple Popper? <laughs> no, I'd much rather watch Skip Bayless than that. Well, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'll take Dr. Pimple Popper over Skip any day of the week. But uh, look, I mean, it for me, the only thing is I have to pay for Max in order to get the sports. I'm not interested in Max. I'm not interested in anything they've got. So that would be the negative. And ultimately, you're paying, it's not $10 a month you're paying. You're paying like $20, $26, depending on the tier that you sign up for. That is going to be tough, especially since there's, just, there's nothing else really of value that you're getting. What are you supposed to get off HBO? Winning time? They just canceled that. You might be more familiar with this than me, John, um, considering you came of age during a time where you could buy premium subscriptions, premium add-on channels to your cable subscription, right? And HBO, of course, is the flagship of those types of channels. Um, how much did a like premium add-on for HBO cost with the cable subscription? You know, I don't recall. It was always just a free trials. I, it was never something I paid for. Uh, I imagine, um, you know, having never paid for the HBO linear channel myself um, and also taking advantage of those th free trial weekends uh, growing up, the max service bundled with the, the Bleacher Report sports service at $26 a month, I think ha would have to be pretty comparable to whatever people paid back in the day for just to add HBO every month. Um, yeah, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, the interesting thing is I really have no idea. We never paid for it once. We never paid for it. And that's the thing about an add-on. You only get it if it's free. Or, you know, if you really, really need it, like say Red Zone. I, I did pay for the sports add-on for Red Zone with YouTube TV at one point. I'm paying for it now with uh, with Sling, actually. Uh and I don't know. It'll be interesting because I'm trying to think out, I'm trying to game out what the sensible thing to do is. Do you just pay this extra $10 a month on top of another $10 a month to get these uh, Turner and all that? Or do you just pay, say, 40 bucks for Sling Blue or Sling Orange, I should say, and get all of that and ESPN and, you know? Exactly, yeah. This is the issue with the current system the current model is that unless you're specifically just a fan of major league baseball nba and nhl it doesn't really make sense to buy a specific streaming service just for those sports the likelihood is you know maybe you're a fan of the mlb nba and the nfl in which case, then you're also paying for additional services. Or maybe you're a fan of, you know, hockey and golf and, and tennis, and in which case, you know, $26 a month might not be worth it. So unless you're really just slotted in as a fan of those three specific sports leagues, um, it is still a pretty steep price to pay compared to a, a VMVPD like Sling or YouTube TV. Um, because for just a bit more, you can get pretty much everything else. Yeah, exactly. And uh, who, who needs this, right? Because if you are a cord cutter, but you want to watch live sports, 
I'm going to watch the baseball playoffs. I'm a big baseball fan, so I want to go. I want. I want to watch only the National League playoffs, though, because Fox has the AL, right? I love the NBA, but I only want to watch it on Tuesday nights. I want to watch the NHL, but you know what? I don't need the games on ESPN. I just need the games on TNT. It's not. It doesn't make sense. It's illogical. It's profoundly illogical because what you actually need to watch the baseball playoffs is TNT and Fox Sports One. To watch the NBA playoffs and, and regular season, it's TNT and ESPN. Same with the NHL. And, you know, you're not going to be able to get that because ESPN still isn't over the top yet. And when it is, then it'll be, oh, okay, so I'm paying the probably at that point $15 or $20 Leaker Report add-on and the ESPN add-on, and it's going to come to about 50 bucks. You could still get more bang for your buck getting all the other channels that have sports like, for example, hey, right now, would I ever seek out BTN or Pac-12 Network? No, but I have them, just in case, for the same price that I would pay to only have TNT and ESPN, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, yep. Um, it, it does a bit boggle the mind that uh, these companies are you know, launching these products. Uh, but I mean, I guess it's really a no-lose situation for them right until there is some sort of new model that emerges as uh you know the superior model that consumers are going to be uh driven towards uh in the in the interim i suppose this is how you kind of raise your bottom line all right john uh good podcasts uh why don't you tee us up for next week and, and close it out yeah, final week of September next week. We'll talk more NFL, more NBA. No, actually. Uh, we'll talk more NFL, more college basketball. Forget it. You know what? We'll talk more football next week, and uh, we'll see you then. I might, I might have to keep that one in, John. Uh, more NBA, more college basketball in September. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.